If you were born between 1969 and 1984, you are a part of the 65 million Gen Xers. And you've just found your new family. Welcome to the Carolina Underground. Gen X perspectives on rapidly changing technology, history, media, politics. How they come together and influence every aspect of daily life. The world we were raised in has ceased to exist, but we haven't. Let's do it. Welcome to the Carolina Underground. Now your hosts, Mark and Mike. Yo, 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 yo. We're back again on the Carolina Underground. Here in the replica bat cave, there is a faint whiff of Japanese cherry blossoms. All right. And 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 why, pray tell, is that? Have you put an air freshener in there or something? Nope. Today, little baby dog went to the pretty puppy parlor. Oh, there you go. And she got bathed and got her nails did, and she got all kinds of... Like little designs painted on them, and she got the whole, you know, the little massage treatment and everything. And uh, then she was such a good girl, we had to get her some new toys and these $4 dog cookies that look like flamingos, because that's her favorite toy is a flamingo. <laughs> and so she's just been, she's just had a rough day. And then my wife wanted to go to the spa this weekend. Since I took the dog today and spent three hundred dollars, well, yeah. and she wanted to know if she could go this weekend, and I said absolutely not unless you're gonna pay for it because I ain't sending you. <laughs> yeah, so that's you know the story about the man that uh, man whose wife told him he couldn't impersonate a flamingo anymore, so he had to put his foot down. <laughs> <laughs> so what's been going on? <laughs> What has been going on? Where? I mean, there is plenty going on. I know we're trying to trying to stay away from all of the insanity and whatnot, but uh, you know, I mean, if, there's plenty. There is absolutely plenty of everything going on. Now, one of the things I did uh, see the other day is a thing called a Pandora virus. Okay, and uh, that's Pandora, new. Yeah, Pandora viruses are giant viruses. Okay, and it's the second. You know, they're like the second largest size of any virus known, and they have like um, twenty five hundred genes. Oh wow! Which is compared to most uh, most viruses have about ten. But um, you know, as I was reading through that article, they were talking about they did uh, a bunch of um, research on that sort of stuff so so the whole thing with the pandora viruses is these things as the uh, ice caps the arctic ice cap melts which as i understand it the, uh, the arctic ice cap is melting and the antarctic ice cap is getting bigger so it's kind of evening out which is pretty much what happens uh but as the arctic well now wait a minute cap, have they done a study that since the antarctic ice cap is getting bigger and more people are going there to study it. Do you think it's going to capsize like Guam? That Hank guy you from know, Atlanta thought about Guam. I don't know. Well, or or will the whole Earth just flip over end over end? I mean, my well, it's down on the bottom. That's it. That's it. 
Well, it could be the top. It all depends on your perspective. Well, that is and true. Of course, and of absurd, course, if but, you talk yeah. to my wife, it's all on the same thing because the earth is flat. Well, yeah, that was one of the things I saw just a little bit ago uh, was a fellow was talking to a, a, you know, a flat earther who, of course, claims that the uh, International Space Station can't possibly be orbiting and all of that fun stuff. And uh, he was you know, talking about taking pictures of it so that he would, uh, so that he would shut the guy up and he'd leave him alone. But, uh, back to the Pandora viruses though, these things as the Arctic ice cap is melting, it's releasing a lot of stuff that has been frozen for a long, long, long time. Uh, now, and, you know, again, throughout this article that, uh, that I was reading, they were talking about various things. And apparently at some point, some enterprising individual did an experiment to see how many viruses were falling on the earth and it was something around they were finding like 800 million viruses per square foot it was either square foot or square meter i don't recall exactly but fall on the earth every hour Okay. Wow. Now I don't know if that's individual viruses, if that's different viruses. I don't, you know, it didn't, it didn't go into that. But, you know, their claim is that these are all viruses that have been evaporated out of the sea. But with the number, and and the whole thing was about can viruses and bacteria and these single-celled life forms survive on asteroids in the vacuum of space. Now, in addition to this, I know I've also read articles on a similar bent about they get they have viruses growing on the outside of the International Space Station and stuff like that. Hmm. So it, it's all about panspermia, of course, which is the, the, the theory that life on Earth actually came from somewhere else. You know, right. and, um, you know, it, it, it that was kind of an interesting thing which i thought was that is pretty and, interesting of course you you know the fact that they name them pandora viruses kind of indicates what you what you think the uh implications or the danger most definitely <laughs> of these viruses are so well i read it mind. i read an article and did. Uh, i did believe it or not mm-hmm. and you know a lot of times i don't like reading i've gotten to where i do audible a lot and listen to a lot of audio books uh-huh what really irks me, though, on audiobooks is when you get these books and they, like, want to think they're a movie or a TV show and they try to do it in different voices and add sound effects. Like, if it's a Star Wars book, they play the Star Wars music and laser blasting sounds and lightsaber sounds. And I just want to he- hear you read the dabbling book. That's all. Uh-huh. Well, but, there you have it. But that's neither here nor there. But anyway... I saw, uh, I think this was today, actually. Um, Archaeologists found a burial site in Bavaria, you know, which is in southern Germany. Uh And they found a sword in this grave that is probably the most well-preserved sword ever found by archaeologists. And it's over 3,000 years old. And it's still gleaming just like it was just made. Uh, They said it was, if I remember correctly, they're thinking that it was made in the 14th century BCE Mm -hmm. in the Middle Bronze Age. And um, 
that it was in a grave with had I think there were three people in it. There was a man, a woman, and a young person who were buried shortly in succession, one after another. But they haven't done any other testing to see whether they were related or it's just they just happen to have an open hole and throw them in it. Mm. But um, but there also there was apparently also with the sword. Um, a lot of other rich grave things that they buried with them when they're right. I think they call them grave goods that they buried that or sent the dead off with. But, you know, cause there would be, you know, cause sometimes when they bury them with a the sword, sometimes they speculate that it was just a ceremonial thing, but they think that this was an actual weapon and it was showing the pictures. And I mean, it, it, it it's a beautiful sword. I mean, for mm. as old as it is. Interesting. Well, but again, your comment about they, you know if it just had an open hole and they threw them both in there. I mean, that typically in a situation like that, when they're going to bury them with a significant amount of, of personal wealth, they were probably pretty well to do. So that could very well have been one of their spouses, one right? Of their children. Well, I mean, if looking at the sword, you could pretty well tell like they that. were well to do because I mean, this thing is is um, fairly ornate and it has a like a green enamel looking sheen type mm-hmm. color to it. I mean, it's really, really pretty impressive. I was really kind of impressed. So, well, yeah. And it, and, and again, that, that does fit with the typical archeological, um, um, narrative that we have. But I, I saw another article of a, a cave in Laos, a Laotian cave. They have discovered, some of the oldest human remains ever discovered, and they relate or they uh, date back to roughly seventy. Between, you know, some it's a pretty good range here, somewhere between seventy-seven thousand years ago mm-hmm. and forty-nine thousand years ago. Now, the reason for this wide range is that human remains in uh, Laos are protected by law, so they can't do carbon dating. No, That's okay. one reason. Another reason is that apparently, and it, the article didn't go into this, but apparently there's a lot of charcoal that washes into this cave system that was not burned in the cave, so they have trouble dating the radio, you know, doing mm. radiocarbon dating. But they apparently found some uh, some uh, bovoid teeth, uh, you know, like a cow or a buffalo or something like that, in the same vicinity with these things. It probably was somebody's packed lunch or pack animal who knows um but they dated those and they came out within that range but now the intriguing thing about this article is you think about that time frame and you're assuming mostly these uh neanderthals or um uh cro-magnon or some of these earlier what we're told are earlier hominid mm-hmm. style bones but the uh bones in there they said were very similar to modern humans and of course their theory on that was that uh, that was a failed uh, you know because the the theory is of course humans humanity started in uh, Mesopotamia type region and then you know spidered out through all of the earth mm-hmm. and that uh, this was a failed migratory attempt but then again, you've got things like you know the the these these out of place artifacts like the London Hammer 
in Texas that's that is um, you know that, that that that's going through um, fossilization. The handle, the wooden handle, is turning in you know from 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 cellulose into um, into uh, um, mineral. Right. Okay, which takes a hundred thousand years or so to happen, and mm-hmm. so there's uh, you know again it, it's all this uh, information, and, and and this was one of those cave systems that they'd never gone that deep before, and so it's kind of weird that they went deeper than they've ever been, and they found a more modern skeletal remains that also happened to date older than what has previously been found, which you know just goes to show you that we really don't know much of anything about what happened prior to recorded history. Oh, that's true. Uh, do you listen to Joe Rogan? Any at all? When I get a chance. When I get a chance, yes, I do. Okay. Well, you know, uh, RFK Jr. was on Joe Rogan. Yep, and I missed that, so okay. enlighten Well, I'm going to just tell you one of the things that i took away from it you know because you know the conversation was varied and vast they did talk about a lot but one thing shocked at all well kennedy is a brilliant man but go ahead well and joe rogan is not a slouch himself right but uh i think the headline came aware that uh he said that he has i don't know how i don't remember exactly how it segued into this but he said that he is aware of the possibility that the CIA could assassinate him just like they assassinated his uncle and his father. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, no matter what you want to say, mm-hmm. there, you know, because we have talked about the JFK assassination on this podcast before. Right, and you know when you look at it, a lot of the little details and stuff that came into and got changed, all of the stuff seemed to be revolving around CIA operatives and CIA uh, operations. Well, of course it is. And so you know, I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't think he. A lot of people, you know, in the Rolling Stone and CNN and Fox, and oh, he's just a conspiracy theorist. He doesn't know what he's talking about. But I'm going to tell you, if anybody would, I mean, let's just take, for example, his father. Mm -hmm. He's walking through a hotel kitchen. Yep. Sirhan Sirhan is in front of him. Mm -hmm. He shoots him from the front. Mm -hmm. So how does Robert Kennedy die from a gunshot wound to the back of the head? Well, no, I got you. Well, and, and again, along those same lines, how did Vince Foster shoot himself in the back of the head, not once, but twice, Right. from a kneeling position in Central Park, and then find the gun, what, 200-some yards away? Speaking of which, of course, you know the uh, the uh, um, whistleblower um, on the, what was it, $5 million or $5 billion Burisma bribery? Scheme. I think that was the $5 million one. Yeah, um, has been found dead. Well, yeah. Under mysterious circumstances. Well, you know what happened? Well, tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Oh, I got it. Everybody knows it. All right. Well, Joe picked up the phone and called Hillary. Well, yeah. And they got Clinton sided. Yeah. Well, that's entirely possible. I mean, because every one of their business, anybody that had anything to do with them is dead. 
with that okay. white water crap. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're all crooked. They're all crooked as a dog's hind leg. Well, that's true, but, you know, we were trying to stay away from all that stuff. We are, and, I know, and you know, another interesting thing happened today. All right. My baby dog is probably the most perfect baby dog in the world, and you would be hard-pressed to argue that point with me, because it's not really up for a discussion. Well, and neither would I even begin to argue it with you, but right. go right ahead, sir. Well, you ain't going to believe what she's done. Oh, she is a genius. All right. We come back from the pretty puppy parlor, mm -hmm. and she has her flamingo cookie. Uh-huh. And we go in, and, you know, we've been there for a little bit, and she's growled at three or four people because she's a little grouchy. She wants to take a nap. She's been, you know, people have been accosting her. They've been massaging her with deep tissue massage. She's been talking to her little puppy friends, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So right about lunchtime, I asked baby dog if she needs to go outside, and she acquiesces to my request, and so I take her out, and she does business that dogs do. Sure. And I'm going to tell you right now, if that was not the perfect 3D print of Joe Biden's brain, <laughs> I have never seen another one in my life. All righty. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> She's a genius. <laughs> absolutely. And a, and a sculptor to boot. That's I mean, exactly right. But you know, you know, we, we talk about the politics. I'm just going to mention this about Robert Kennedy. You can't help yourself. <laughs> well, you know, this, this is this is one problem. And, and this isn't really about politics. This is more of a dig at the political system. Right. Which if, we do a fair amount of. Right. Well, and I mean. You know, they're, they're worried about they're not having debates in the Republic or Trump's not going to do debates for the Republican side. The DNC says they're not they're not even primary in Joe Biden. Oh, no. Yeah. But here's my thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, the, the threshold for somebody to get on the presidential ballot is just exceedingly stupid. Yes. The Constitution makes it perfectly clear. It don't have any of these requirements that you have to hit a certain poll number. You have to do that. All you have to be is a natural-born citizen and 35 years old. Right. I think that anybody running for president, no matter party affiliation, no matter whether they've been primaried, as long as they haven't dropped out of the race, come November of the election, if they're still in that race... They deserve to be put on the ballot. The people deserve that. Well, yeah, but again, it doesn't really matter because of two things. Number one, the vast majority of the people that you talk to um, are completely bought into the belief that a two-party system is necessary for the government of the United States, and that if you vote for anyone outside of the two-party system, that you're just throwing your vote away. Well, I can now, tell you this. Of, I'm throwing fly. my vote away because regardless of whatever Dumbo's on the ballot, I'm writing in RFK Jr. No, and I understand, and you have a right to do that. Now, the problem, again, is 
all of the money in politics and allowing the uh, allowing corporations to invest money and and form super PACs and all of that stuff. So they manage. I mean, they can control. Again, this is all about controlling the narrative. It's all about control, and so that propagates the whole thing. And again, of course, if you if if you uh, question any. Excuse me. If you question anything about the results of the election, you're automatically a conspiracy theorist, and it will be, especially depending on which party, it will be debunked as, or you will start using the phrase, "Oh, well, that was just a theory, conspiracy theory, and it's been debunked." Uh-huh. Well, what was your investigation? There was none. We just decided to say it was debunked. And I mean, again, this is the whole thing about all of the stuff that. Um, that that it, President Trump has currently been arraigned for, Hillary Clinton did worse, and Joe Biden did worse as vice president and as a senator, and yet Comey got up there in front of national television and said no prosecutor would even, you know, no prose- prosecutor with half a lick of sense would even consider prosecuting this case. So why is it okay to prosecute this president now and again the thing that everybody should think about is what scares permanent washington so badly about this particular man that they're willing to go to the lengths that they are thus i mean very clearly illustrating the fact that the united states is now uh, operating in banana republic style politics mm-hmm. uh, which of course takes us back to the whole cia comment but you know, again, it's it's that the fact that they're willing to openly do these things is is what people should really sit down and think about. What is it that scares people so much? And of course, uh, one of the one of the people that I follow I follow him on Twitter. Now he's on Twitter's Tucker Carlson. He had a very valid point. You know, Donald Trump was the only candidate that we've had in a long time that said no to the military-industrial complex. Uh And that is unacceptable to the ruling class of the United States. You've got to, if constant warfare must be maintained, constant senseless wars that we never intend to win. And that's how that's done. But I don't want to go into that. You know Beetlejuice is acting up. Did you know that? Did you even care? I didn't even know the new movie was out. Well, so I'm talking about Beetlejuice the Star. So oh, I did see that uh, star. there was a 10-mile-tall tornado on the surface of the sun somewhere. Well, all right. I didn't see that one. But, uh, you know, Beetlejuice is the... is It looks like Orion's armpit to me. They, okay. they call it his shoulder, but he's got his arm up in the air. Is this the uh, character that the movie character was named after? I have no idea where they came up with that name, but that is the name of the star, is Beetlejuice. Okay. And, or some people call it Betelgeuse. That's, I don't, okay, I don't know which is the correct pronunciation. We're from the South. We'll make our own pronunciation. There you go, Betelgeuse. But uh, anyhow, but yeah, so it's dying. And so everybody's expecting it to get darker and darker. Well, and darker. well, that's sorry. Son if you of if you tell up. well, if you tell the liberals, it's probably cause of global warming. Probably, yeah. Human human beings are affecting Beetlejuice's uh, illumination 
I guess you're probably right. So, you know, but there you have. So that's a little bit lighter than, than, than the. Well, uh, well, it's, you know, there's a lot of, you know. No pun intended. <laughs> there's a lot of things. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. You know, we had started talking about woolly boogers and stuff like that. And um, I got to talking to a friend of mine. And he lives down toward the eastern part of the state. Okay. And at first, you know, he, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this by saying this first. Okay. This is, a, I've known this person. We went to college together. Mm-hmm. He's not prone to, he's very straight-laced. He's not prone to jumping to conclusions. He's not prone to conspiracy theories is not prone he don't even believe in ufos i mean it's just you know he does not it's not something that he's very black and white and he is very biblical if that makes sense absolutely it does we're here in the the bible belt but go ahead right well i was talking to him the other day and i was mentioning you know we for some reason the the you know you and i have talked a lot about the brown mountain lights and um, and he wasn't sure what that was. So I, and I don't, you know, I, you know, obviously you know more about them than I do. So I didn't have a, I knew I had a general idea of what they are. So mm-hmm. I shared that with him, and he said, you know, he said, he said, I want to tell you something. He said, he said, and you ain't gonna believe that I'm saying this. And he said, I hadn't even told my wife. Mm-hmm. But he said, my wife the other night had gone or was gone for work to a training something somewhere out of state. Mm -hmm. And he said, they live in a, it's a coast, they live down at the coast. Okay. And uh, it's not right on the, not right on the ocean, but you know, it's 10 miles from the beach. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, it's. Okay. So, and he said, uh, and they live in a little town, so it's not like in the country, out in the middle of nowhere. It's, you know, street lights and stuff like that, a little small town. Okay. And he said, the other night, it was just about dark, mm-hmm. and my doorbell rang. Okay. And he said, I got up to go answer the door, and he said, I opened, he said, my dog went with me. They got a little Chiweenie. As part weenie okay. dog, part chihuahua. Mm-hmm. His name is Snickers. All right. Cute as a button. Farts, though. He has the stinkiest farts. Oh, my God. He'll wake the dead with them farts. But anyway, he said Snickers doesn't normally bark, but for some reason, Snickers was kind of... Unsatisfied. Unsatisfied. <laughs> right. He was hangry. And, uh, right. and I mean, he... he he was kind of growly, and he he said this is the first time he has ever seen the hair on his hackles stand up. Uh huh. And he opened the door, and what he said it looked like it was two teenage kids. Okay. And they were asking him questions, wanting to know if they could he could come help them. 
Okay. And they looked up at him, and he said the only thing he could see was their eyes were solid black. Huh. And he said he something in him told him, shut the door and back away. Right. And so he shut the door and just backed away. And he, he said he stayed there. He said he, well, and I don't doubt him, but I mean, he said he went to his knees in prayer mm-hmm. and uh, the kids disappeared. Well, and so again, now see, what, one of the reasons we talk about the Brown Mountain Lights is because they're relatively close by, right? especially more so to me. Um, and, and my family is from, from originally from Landis, North Carolina, which is even closer, you know. And uh, the end result of this is uh, that's one of the reasons that we talk about them, because these things are, are they're intriguing. Nobody really knows what they are. Right. But, you know, one of the things I was listening to the other day uh, was a, a minister that was talking about the people that don't that want to poo-poo and, and brush off demons and satan and all of that sort of thing mm-hmm. and he said you know what i gotta tell you he said if you're gonna brush off if you want to claim to be a christian and you want to brush off and say there are no demons there are there you know there, there is no satan all of this stuff you're going to have a really tough time reading through the new testament of the bible because that is most of the discussion about what Jesus deals with. Especially considering he drove the demons into the pigs and then they ran off the cliff. Absolutely. Now, so the point of the matter is, you know, that, and and, and I can't remember what the movie or the book was. It might have been, oh, I'm thinking, I'm trying, I'm cross-pollinating the usual suspects and, um, and Ayn Rand, Atlas Shrugged. But regardless, the quote that I'm, bringing up is uh you know the the best job that the or the greatest trick that the the devil ever pulled was convincing people that he didn't exist okay now as far as the biblical narratives go and the the viewpoint of the church on satan and judas and stuff like Mm -hmm. that i take it with a grain of salt because you know and i'm not going to dive into that too terribly deeply but you know people have run across you know, demonic possession and stuff mm-hmm. like that and, and things that go bump in the night for all of recorded human history, okay? Right. And we suddenly think that just because we got science that all of that stuff means nothing, okay? Like astrology. Well, astrology was the science of the time. And I, right. and I was sitting there thinking again about one of my favorite topics, which is the Large, large Hadron Collider. And you know how that sap sucker works. Uh, I know. All right, just stop. <laughs> Go ahead. Say whatever's on your mind so I can get my thought out. No, it's, a, it's like, you know, um, when we talked about the other day, I couldn't think of it, so I put that real fast spinny thing in Europe. The real somewhere. fast spinny thing. And that's what it is. Now, so again, you know how this thing works. All right, you're taking particles, subatomic particles, and spinning them around as fast as you can possibly get them going, almost, mm-hmm. you know, as close to the speed of light as you can possibly make them go in opposite directions, and you just slam them into each other and measure what comes off. And this is the cutting edge of science. So if you sit and think about it, that would be the same thing or similar to 
taken two Buicks. And one of them is misfiring on one cylinder, and you don't mm -hmm. know which one. So you go rev these son of a guns up as fast as you can rev them up and run them around in a circle and smash them into each other hard enough that a bunch of stuff flies off so that you can diagnose which cylinder is misfiring. I mean, and that, I mean, again, don't get me wrong. I am a scientist. As you know, I, I, I deal with a lot of kitchen table chemistry. Yes, okay? you do. And, and sometimes I am amazed that I haven't gotten a phone call saying that you blowed the kitchen off the house. <laughs> well, who would call you? I mean, I'm a I'm single guy, so I don't have anybody to complain about my using using my blender as a beaker. Well, maybe anyway, somebody, maybe when you were late showing up for the studio, I would call and your son would tell me that uh, I was going to have to come to a funeral because you blowed the kitchen well, up. You know, but again, most likely I'd wind up taking him out <laughs> with me. <laughs> but, you know, again, so now don't get, like I said, don't get me wrong. I am a firm believer in science. And I, and that was another conversation I had not too terrible long ago. Was that somebody was getting, you know, have causing a ruckus on Facebook about people um, thinking that you can't reconcile science and religion. And my, I'm, I'm a big fan of our Buckminster Fuller who, mm -hmm. you know, basically, you know, he came to the conclusion and, and Bucky Fuller was a brilliant man. And I, I don't think there's any, you know, too many people out there that would disagree with me on that statement, but uh, good old Bucky made the comment at some point that, you know, he had the epiphany that the, that, that, that there is no way that we reached the levels of sophistication that we have without the act of a pre-order intelligence. And we, as a scientist, you know that all systems trend from high energy, low entropy to low energy, high entropy, which mm -hmm. is, you know, high energy and low energy makes sense, but a lot of people don't know what entropy is. So entropy is a measure of chaos, essentially. Okay, so how scattered and how organized they are they're more organized at a high energy level, and they become far more disorganized at a low energy level. Which is why you can't go out with a with a with a case of dynamite into a uh, into a uh, um, 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 iron mine and blow stuff up until you make a until you make an automobile. All right, you you it requires input of energy and intelligent design to get right there. right. So, any rate, but that was, you know, I, I think I probably bored everybody. And that was one of the other things we were talking about. You know, we got that email address. And so if people want to know more about the Wooly Boogers or want to tell us about some Wooly Boogers and they want to know more about the Large Hadron Collider, whatever they want to do, hit our email address and tell us some. Or if you want to send us hate mail, that's fine, too. Yeah, uh, and we'll uh, we'll we we could start doing a a, a listener segment and uh, answer some questions and questions. Do you remember what the email was? You asking me to remember that? I, hell, I just brought up the Large Hadron Collider and woolly boogers and and, uh. and the existence of Almighty God in one sentence. But, you mean that ahead, that boss. that spinny around real fast thing? The spinny around real fast thing. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hit them with the email address, boss, and then I don't remember what it was. That's why I told you. <laughs> I thought it was info info thecarolinaunderground.com. That's right. Thecarolinaunderground.com because Carolina Underground digs holes and stuff. 
and Carolina. Right, thecarolinaunderground.com. You could go to our website, but for some reason it wants you to have a password and to view it. And I don't know what the password is. <laughs> it's only been up forever. But that was in my time when I was worried about the government. So it's hosted yep, yep. in like Switzerland or Germany or somewhere I've done forgot, but they don't speak English. And um, their customer service is not very helpful because it's on a whole different time schedule. And, you know, they just ain't from around here. Ain't around here area. So No. I got you. But, you know, it, it, it's just, you know, you hear things like this and, you know, and, and then come to find out, though, let me finish back up to what we were talking about, like the black eyed kids, though. Okay. He was not the only one that night that actually, he did not report his to the sheriff or the constable. Or I think they have a constable. I don't think they have a police department. I think they have a constable that works in conjunction with the county sheriff's department. Mm-hmm. Uh, two blocks from his house, a lady that he does not know, has never talked to in his life. Actually, the same thing happened to her same description, but she actually called the cops. So, you know, there was sometimes when they smoke, they fire. Well, and I'm sure there is. And again, there's 8 million different possible explanations for everything. I mean, you've got the explanation of aliens and extraterrestrials and demons. you got all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, again, it goes back to there are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. As human beings, we only perceive a very small amount of information from our environments. And half the time, if we don't perceive it, we'll just make it up. Well, but that's the thing. And also, so, you know, if you take somebody and you put them in solitary confinement for an extended period of time, the, in, in the dark, you know, the, the way they used to treat prisoners really badly in, in Alcatraz and places like that, where they lock them in the hole. And they go crazy, all right? And and part of the reason, I used to watch, um, oh, it, it, I can't remember the name of it. It was a uh, show that was really fascinating where they talked about things about how the brain worked. It was, golly, um, Pete, I can't remember. I'll have to look that up. But at any rate, one of the things that they were talking about during one point is that, all right, so you, you, get, a, you get all the light coming into your eyes, for mm-hmm. example. All right. And then that hits rods and cones and it splits it up based on what color and whatnot. And you can see a certain portion of that electromagnetic radiation spectrum. Okay. And that information gets shipped back along your optic nerve to the visual cortex of your brain. Now, according to this, now your brain is an utterly amazing thing because it, I think it was called brain games. But anyway, well, some people don't amazing. have them. Well, this is true. Uh, an utterly amazing instrument because the you know the brain operates on about seven watts when it's cranking full bore. It's mm-hmm. using about seven watts of organic energy or electrical energy. Okay, and that's not a lot when you think about it. When you think that you you know a small PC is running on a four hundred watt power supply, and that is a small one with a very small processor and not a lot of RAM. Okay, now, but at any rate, I digress frequently, as you may have noticed. 
So, but the end result is your brain takes in roughly according to what they think. And this is another one. How the heck do you know? How can the world, can you measure it? But you get about 10, 15% of that information is coming from your external stimuli. And your visual cortex makes the rest of it up. Okay, so it, in, in some of the places that you see this was that whole red, or not red, but uh, black and white or gold and blue dress that was all over the internet a few years back and things mm -hmm. of that nature. So there is very little evidence that I've seen that indicates what you consider to be reality looks anything like what I consider to be reality. Now, I mean, we have commonalities in conversation and whatnot like that that, that, that give us uh, you know, common reference. So if I point to a color and say, well, that color is blue, and you point to it and go, yep, that's blue, but it doesn't mean that we see blue as the same thing. Right. Am I making sense? Well, yeah, yeah, because, so. yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. But you know, it's just one of the it's just one of the many interesting things. So, at any rate, regardless, as far as back you know, relating this back to woolly boogers or demons or ancient you know ancient alien extraterrestrials and whatnot, you know, without you know, I mean, did did the woman go talk to the black eyed teenagers? Or? Yeah, yeah, the woman actually did. It pretty much was the same scenario. Right. She uh, she was expecting it to be her grandkids. Because right. they were supposed to be coming over for something. And uh -huh. she thought, she, well, that's odd. They didn't come to the back door. So um, she went and actually opened the door. And they, some, the, her, the way she said it was, is they were telling her that they, she would have to invite them into the house before they could come in and all this stuff. And it just Ooh, freaked boy. her out. And yeah, so she just kind of shut the door and called the cops. And evidently the the report that called, they came out, but they couldn't never, of course, obviously they couldn't find them. So, well, you know, of course that's the whole thing. You know, you, 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 you know, you have to let woolly boogers and demons and stuff like that. You have to invite them in. They're not allowed to come in if you don't bring them in. So well, I will tell you this. And now, if somebody asked me to carry a, a jerry can to get them some plutonium for their for their because their flying saucer is is out of out of fuel or something like that, you know, I'm okay with that. But you ain't coming <laughs> into my house. Well, you know, <laughs> amen to that. You know, um, you know, I'm a fan of. I watch that show, Skinwalker Ranch. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Well. I was highly we disappointed. All, yeah, you were all bent out of shape about that drill. Is that what you're going to talk about? It's just the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. These Both these shows are on the History Channel. Do you yeah. telling me that they couldn't said, hey, we know these boys up here in Nova Scotia, they really do some digging. Yeah. yeah these yeah. people are going to dig a hole. Uh-huh. My ink pen's bigger around than that, that blame drill. It looked like it got a weed eater motor on top of it. When they said they was going to do some digging and some excavating, I was thinking, you know, a 30-foot caisson like Oak Island's been doing and doing some digging. Them boys out there, they don't know how to dig. They don't. They just don't know how to well, do it. But you're also in the area of the country where you're, you know, where every time you swing, you know, swing a, uh, 
swing your hand around. I couldn't think of anything that wouldn't be offensive to say there. I apologize. My southernisms failed me. But anytime you swing your arms around, you're going to hit some sort of a, a sacred burial ground or, or some sort of, um, you know, protected Well, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. But think about how many years that you would have to spend. How long did, did they tie up, what was that thing, the snail darter, when they were going to build a dam to solve the water problems in one of these places out there in, in the uh, western part of the United States? And they had the snail darter, and they couldn't build a dam. Man, this thing's a minnow. And, I mean, I don't know why that particular minnow's environment and habitat would have been destroyed by putting more water over the top of them, but I reckon somebody figured out that, that It was the wrong kind of water. It was global warming water, and they wouldn't have been oh, able okay. to breathe in it. Roger that. So, yeah, they would have needed to put them in Antarctica or, or Iceland or something Did like I that. tell you I saw that movie, The Pope's Exorcist? No, you did not, and I hadn't seen that. When I did watch the movie Nope recently, which I think okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm not going to give me, you me. any of the plot details. All right, but I'm just going to. Th this is something that bothered me about that movie. All right. Overall, I thought it was pretty good, but this is a okay. detail that really just kind of bothered me. All right. First off, actually, there's two. All right. First off, the father, the the priest that this is based on, I had mm -hmm. read his book. Okay. This is not about this priest. <laughs> Let's just say that. Okay. And it is not anything that this priest wrote about or talked about. This is completely made up. So you're saying they took a significant amount of poetic license in the retelling of this tale. They did. Okay. And it, it gets it, the 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 poetic license gets even better. So right. he is, and I've, and this isn't telling any part or any bad any uh, spoilers because it's part of the commercial to where he gets yelled at by the cardinals and stuff like that, and he pretty much says, "Well, my diocese is Rome. The bishop of Rome is the pope, so the pope is my bishop. So if you have a problem with me, you talk to the pope." Okay. Well, take it to the Pope. Take it to the Pope. Okay. Well, and okay. the next thing is, is the Pope is going to send him to this old, I think it was a convent. All right. It was a convent or a monastery. I'm pretty sure it was a convent. All this right. American family had bought it and was remodeling it and was trying to turn it to sell it. Now, it is important to know and keep in mind uh -huh. that said monastery or convent is either in Spain or Portugal. I'm pretty sure it's in Portugal. Okay. That's a whole other country than Italy. Okay. Yes, it is. Okay. Last time I checked. Mm -hmm. So this, they have this priest uh -huh. zipping around Rome on a red and white Vespa scooter. Okay. Alright. He gets called to a meeting with the Pope. Alright. The Pope tells him about he needs to go exercise this demon out of these people in this monastery or convent. I guess he's going to send him to Cleveland somewhere because evidently, you know, that's the only thing that's in Cleveland is a bunch of brain dead morons. Okay. But, uh. Well, and apparently some fat demons that need some exercise. Or it could be Detroit, too. <laughs> same difference. Could be. Could be. But, uh, any blue city. 
I right. mean, it, they normally have demons running the city, so it doesn't matter. Well, there you have it. I mean, how do you think they come up with Democrat? It's just a short for demon rat. Well, there you go. But anyway, I digress, which don't yeah. happen often because, you know, normally I'm a storyteller, and I tell stories, and my stories have points, but people don't seem to be smart enough to pick up on the points. Okay. Okay. But anyway, he's zipping around Rome <laughs> on this red and white Vespa scooter. Yeah. And then he has a meeting with the Pope, and the Pope says, in very bad Italian accent, All right. I'm going to send you to exercise this demon and help these people. And he's all for it, because he is the Pope's exorcist. All right. The next scene, we cut to the driveway of this said convent. Okay. That is in Portugal. Okay. In a whole nother country. Uh-huh. And he is riding down the driveway on that red and white Vespa scooter. Well, I mean, there's roads that connect. I mean, as long as you're on the mainland, I mean, he might have had to ride a ferry or two. But, well, uh, or yeah, maybe but... he rented a scooter that looked exactly like the other one. I thought your big problem was going to be how in the world can you have a convent or a monastery if you can't define what a woman is? Well, you know, I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> That's what I'm here for is to keep you thinking. <laughs> Do you want me to, or if I, if I give more details, would you be turned off from the movie? It is not hurting my feelings. Okay. Least, well, there. Are, well, one thing. Well, one thing they did that I really found interesting was uh, when he was talking to people that were supposedly possessed. He had this relic, and he would move it, and he would have the people's eyes follow it. Uh huh. Well, this this is then the special effects of the movie. The 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 boy. There's a little boy. The little boy is the the kid is possessed. Uh-huh. And so he uh, is having the kid follow it, and you can see the kid's eyes following it, but you see another set of eyes that are operating kind of just behind, independent uh-huh. of the kid's eyes. And that right there was probably the best part of the whole movie. Interesting. But the premise of the end of this movie is evidently this monastery or convent was built on where one of the original angels that was cast out of heaven fell to the earth. All right. And so now, since they have vanquished this demon, they now have a map to the other ones, and they're going around the world crushing these demons in wherever they're at. That uh, sounds a little farciful and fanciful to me. Now, have you ever seen the movie The Exorcism of Emily Rose? Yes. Yep. Now, that is, of course, that's the the, the story that um, I think, if I remember correctly, that was the, the exorcism story that um, caused the exorcist movie. That was where it came they brought that information or that's what got the author thinking about and wrote the movie the exorcist and according to that that now there i mean in that really there was really a you know a a exorcism of that nature that took Mm -hmm. place 
in the United States. And according to what I recall about that movie, that was pretty doggone close to what, you know, to as accurate, as little poetic license as you, you're going to ever find in Hollywood, which again, you know, I'm, I'm studying from a pilot's license. And the very first thing I learned as I started reading, reading about avionics and stuff like that is every bloody thing that you ever see about an airplane in the movies is nonsense for the most part. Now, yeah, and which reminds me, there was a movie I saw a clip of the other day, about five minutes of it. And, uh, I, I, I've got to go watch it because it was just so insane. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're, they fly through a thunderstorm, and the thunderstorm causes the fuel line on the, in the engine compartment to break. And so this boy is flying at about 10,000 feet. And How big is the airplane? To, um, it's about six, about, see, about six-seater. Oh, two, you know, I was going to say because it was a big one, that's a little low. Oh well, yeah, but at any rate, so he, they're flying, you know, somewhere eight, ten thousand feet, and uh, yeah, they also got up to ten thousand feet, and they were becoming hypoxic because they couldn't breathe, which is you know a real bummer for folks like in Colorado that are ten thousand feet above sea level. Right. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, anyway, sorry, I digress. But this boy climbs out the window, opens the door to the airplane, and proceeds to climb out. And open the engine, <laughs> engine compartment, and of course the, the the fuel line is sitting right there on top of the engine, so it's easy access. And then proceeds to wrap some duct tape around it with one hand uh, while the airplane is flying at probably 180 knots. Well, let's just say let, <laughs> let's just Sorry. say this is most of the people in Hollywood are a bunch of morons. Well, that's true. They, well, and no, not just morons, but lying morons. Yeah, at, you know, that's at the point, that's just like talking about politics, and that's the snout to the curly tail <laughs> and everything in between, because I can't handle no more foolishness, and we gone. <laughs> Have a good night, my friend. You've been listening to the Carolina Underground. Our passion is to talk about technology, history, media, politics, and how it's all changed over the years and affects our daily life as Gen Xers. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Twitter at CarolinaUNDGRND. Hit the website at www.thecarolinaunderground.com. And if you've got questions or comments, send an email to info at thecarolinaunderground.com. Stay Gen X strong. See you next time on the Carolina Underground. <laughs>